Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Call 10 Stocks, picked by you two experts one hour. It is Friday the 18th of November. I'm Andrew Gagan, good to have you with us. And our two experts on the show here today. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Rudy Philippic van Dyke from FN Arena. Welcome to both of you. Just taking a look at the market as it presents itself on this Friday. Um, you see any sort of weakness we're seeing is actually in the material space, most uh, acutely in that battery metal space. We're going to actually talk about some of that with a couple of the stocks we have today. Uh, Henry, how are you looking at the market today? Um, Andrew, I guess when it's Friday feel to it, we're drifting upwards. I guess the big news today, and we're going to talk about that, is the BHP Oz Miserable mm. deal. Um, banks pretty strong. Uh, the markets, you know, it. it the heart wants what the heart wants and at the moment. The heart probably wants to have another go at 7,200 and uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. We don't have an awful lot happening, I must admit. Uh, we've got some Fed minutes next week and we've got Thanksgiving. So uh, the market is just creeping higher. Mm. But um, yeah, interesting. But, but yeah, it's very drifty at the moment. Narrow ranges and not a lot of interest. Yeah, Rudy, I'm speaking to uh, a lot of different uh, funnies and analysts today talking about obviously the latest Fed speak. Um, mm. You know, there's a bit of frustration there amongst the Fed members that, you know, why you guys keep spending? We're lifting rates yes, for a reason. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I yesterday made the comparison with the, with the family that goes on holidays and you have the kids on the, the back seat and the kids are constantly asking, are we there yet? Right? And it's a, the share market is a bit like that. Are we there yet? And, you, and the Fed of, of constantly has to say, no, we're not there yet. Right? Yeah. Act like an adult. Um, But the share market will constantly ask that question. I I agree with uh, with uh, with Henry. I've been saying since since October that that this market will really like to have a positive end into the year. Uh, But that doesn't tell you anything about uh, about next year. Mm -hmm. I think next year will will be the will be phase two in what in the challenge we had this year. Uh, But now low volume, low activity. Uh, the, the bias is probably to the upside, in, in, in particular as we move into December and people go on holidays and it's left to the, to the, to the people who's, who really want to make another buck around Christmas and, and between Christmas and New Year. Um, but, I, I, but I do think uh, we shouldn't be lulled into some kind of security there. Yeah, uh, next yeah. year we'll have challenges. Yeah, remain cautious, absolutely. All right, um, the first five stocks we're going to look at in today's show are Arafura. Coronado Resources, CBA, ResMed and Jervis Global. And our stock of the day is uh, BHP. It has revised its offer for Oz Minerals to $9.6 billion, upping the bid from $25 a share to $28.25. And Oz Minerals saying it looks forward to working with BHP to progress the revised proposal. Uh, So uh, that uh, does represent a huge uh, premium on the previous offer there. So... How does that place BHP going forward, taking that into account given uh, Oz Minerals and its play 
in copper in particular, but uh, but also nickel. Henry, was this uh, worth it? How do you uh, rate the deal uh, just in terms of what it's paying? Well, I think, Andrew, this is a hot chocolate song at the moment. Everyone's a winner, baby. That's the <laughs> truth. And to be honest, it does appear that everyone is a winner out of this deal. The, it's unusual, I've got to say, for the bidder to bid against itself uh, because there certainly wasn't anybody else that was likely to come over the top of the $25 bid and bid for Oz Minerals. It makes perfect sense for BHP to be the owner of these assets. The Oz Minerals board should be congratulated for getting BHP up in terms of the share price, especially as Mike Henry spent most of his time telling everyone he was very disciplined and wasn't going to pay up and you know we're happy to, uh, to be patient, etc. Uh, not obviously that happy to be patient, but this puts together uh, the Olympic Dam and Prominent Hill and Carapatina uh, all under one sense of ownership. Uh, interesting, I guess, is that uh, the Oz mineral price is still below the bid price, but that does take into account the time value, I guess, because they're looking at a six-month um, sort of uh, conclusion to this. So there's not uh, there's a, probably a dollar in this for people who are prepared to wait the six months, get that extra dollar. But certainly it's a good deal for BHP. It does stamp their credentials as far as nickel and copper goes. It does bring about that sort of... Um, aggregation of that district now into a, into a seriously big mining area in South Australia with Carapatina, Prominent Hill and Olympic Dam. Gives them lots of optionality. They're the only guys really that could afford or would really want to pay these kind of prices. Some people would say that maybe they've paid a little bit too much. Others say they may have got a bargain. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's a strategic buy for BHP. It is, you know, at the end of the day, the billion extra they've paid is just money they found down the back of the sofa, to be honest. They're throwing out so much cash at the moment. So good deal for both. You'll have to wait as an Oz Mineral shareholder to get your 28, 25. There's no FIRB things to worry about. There's probably no ACCC things to worry about either. That's the beauty sometimes of the mining uh, takeover. So yes, good for both. Everyone's a winner, babe. That's for sure. All right. So uh, what do you do with the stock though? Uh, would you simply be holding it or um, with a look to the future? What's your view on it? Um, well, if you, uh, I still like BHP. Clearly, it's uh, it's the quality miner. I think you know you you hold that stock. I don't know if I'll be buying up here. You wait for the weekdays and, and Oz Minerals. You know, there's a, about a dollar upside in that one. So, mm. if you really want your three and a half percent for the six months, annualise that to seven percent. There's probably better ways and easier ways to play that. And you've got to factor in the cost of money, but that's a buy. Good one, Rudy. I'm going to show my age here. Yeah. I believe in miracles. Where you're from, <laughs> you're a sexy thing. <laughs> There you that, go. that is a further reference <laughs> to hot chocolate for those who are too young to You're know. You're not showing your <laughs> age. <laughs> Henry, who else knows hot chocolate here? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Henry made, uh, made I, I'm not going to add to Henry. Henry sort of put the case together. Um, I think um, the compliment to make here is that, again, showing my age, I still remember when BHP did a bid for Rio mm. at the exact top of the previous cycle and they're definitely not doing that now. I mean, copper price is, uh, is much lower. It has come off quite a lot. Um, longer term prospects would appear uh, very, very promising, but um, not in the immediate time. So they no doubt would have a, a 10 to 20 year view on, uh, on the transaction that they're pulling together here. And then whatever you pay now has to, has to, pay, has to, has to be worth it over, over a very long time in the future. And that's, that's a compliment for, for BHP, how they're thinking. Now, coming back to the core, 
Um, eternal question, should you have BHP in your portfolio? For most fund managers, given this is 11.5% of the index. It's been unavoidable, isn't it? It's, it's, it's never been asked. Yeah. Careers are going and, and, and or not with, with that decision. For the retail investor, big de big decision to make. Um, I mean, the share price has gone between 13 and $50 uh, over the past decade. Uh, that's a big difference. It's now 44 or something, which is much close to the peak. Um, I think if you own it here, you wouldn't necessarily get rid of it because it also pays a big dividend. Um, I wouldn't be chasing it here. Um, as I indicated earlier, I think uh, next six months ahead could be quite volatile and, and, uh, and challenging. Mm. Um, if, you, if you're patient and you really want BHP in your portfolio, I mean, be patient. Yep. All right. Be patient. That is a common refrain we're hearing at the moment. So that's a double hold then on BHP. All right, let's get into the stocks as picked by you. Uh, the first one is uh, Arafura. Uh, Nick wanted to know about this. Um, it is in the battery metal space there, but it's rare earths. Um, it's, uh, well, probably, yeah, more rare earths as, as such. It has recently uh, had it, uh, its project in the Northern Territory approved by the government there. Henry, I'm going to start off with you. It is in your wheelhouse. So uh, how are you looking at uh, Arafura? I love my wheelhouse, I have to say, Andrew. It's a fantastic place to be. Um, Arafura, they've got the Nolans project, which is a rare earths project in WA. And uh, they were one of the um, beneficiaries of the SCOMO largesse towards the end of his administration in terms of uh, getting funding from the government or at least being sort of given the big tick of approval. It is, a, a, I guess, a strategic rare earths project. They've, they've still got a long way to go. They haven't even started construction yet. So, you know, th this project's been knocking around for a long time. The stock price had a pretty good rally on the back of the uh, the approvals there. They've still got, you know, capital costs estimated at sort of $1.4, $1.5 billion for a $780 million company. Um, they've got a 38-year mine license. I mean, it's it's certainly not a bad story. It comes and goes. I guess there is some volatility. For me, it's probably a hold at these kind of levels. They do have these binding sales agreements with uh, Hyundai and Kia. Uh, which uh, is good for in terms of the offtake, but it's very much predicated on the price, of course, of rare earths, as is Linus. I have to say, given that the Linus is a producer, it has a, a toehold in America as well as the Malaysian uh, lamp processing facility up there. And, of course, we do have the Malaysian elections this weekend as well, which does hopefully take some of the risk off the table in terms of uh, some environmental concerns for Linus. I'd probably prefer Linus. Uh, this one's a bit more speculative. It has got a long way to go in terms of uh, construction. Doesn't even begin till next year. So there's there's clearly more risk with this one. If you like rare earths, go with Linus. If you want to go next tier, then uh, Arafura is probably not a bad place to be. For me, it's a hold. All right, Rudy. Well, we we are definitely um, having a, a different risk appetite here. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put a hold on, the, on something like Arafura because um, it's not producing, as been pointed out. The other thing, the other observation to make is that my understanding is that uh, the project that um, Linus is building in Australia is behind schedule here, uh, and that, that could potentially, at some stage, pose bad news. Because if they have to leave Malaysia and they can't come to Australia, there's a gap there. And uh, that will translate into a, sh into a lower share price if that eventuates. Um, the other thing is, I mean, for me, I'm very, I'm, I'm very sim simple and simplistic with, with these uh, really small mining companies. 
they're not producing, um, even if that, and, and let's assume the project goes ahead, usually they run into trouble. Budget overruns, uh, machinery doesn't arrive, it doesn't, it doesn't live up to nameplate capacity, etc., etc., etc. What you what you what you're owning here is sentiment at the moment. I mean, it's it's the mining industry is in, in favor. Shares like Arafura are uh, go, going on the up. The mining industry is out of favor. Share prices go down. Uh, that's for, for that reason, I would never put a hold on it because if it doesn't go anywhere, it, it, it can easily half. Right? So for me, it's uh, it's a big bore around it. And if you have to make a decision between do I do I um, want exposure to mining? Mm. Well, we just spoke about BHP. I mean, yeah. that's not going to half in any in, in, in time soon unless we get a really big recession next year which at this point in time, nobody's expecting. Yeah, but I, so I'm figuring then that you're avoiding the entire sort of end of that, that market in terms of the resources, the specy end, if you like. Yes. You, you, you're not into the battery metals, are you at all? No. No, okay. All right, we know where you're coming from, Rudy, and that certainly applies <laughs> to the rarers as well. All right, so I reckon something that probably you would be more in your favor as far as resources are concerned may well be coal. So let's go there. Uh, in terms of Coronado, Damien wanted to know about this. Uh, it's dominantly met coal. Um, was heavily sold off because it, it sort of it, there was a merger on with uh, Peabody Energy that didn't mm. follow through. So, uh, Rudy, how do you see and, Coronado? And, and before that, they had operational problems. Um, no, I'm not a big fan of coal. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that Henry is much more in, in favour. Uh, you have to have a stomach for uh, for volatility and. I think what we've witnessed over the past few weeks is, is very simple. Um, while most of the market hasn't particularly worked out well on a constant basis in 2022, some of the mining sectors have, have, have performed exceptionally well, and, and the coal sector was one of them. But of course, what you, what you end up at, at, at a particular point in time is that everyone is in it, and then when other opportunities arrive, then you get a share price that weakens quite quickly. And that's what we've seen in coal. In mm. coal, I mean, if you take a really long-term view, like BHP-like, uh, that's the reason why they why they went out of coal because coal will at some point will go out of fashion. Uh, but in the meantime, the uh, cash flows uh, are absolutely like ginormous. I mm. mean, it's 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 almost unimaginable what these guys uh, are, ch are coming are coming in the coffers here. So the Prospective dividend yield on a, on a stock like Coronado is 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 above thirty percent at the moment, which is, if you think about it, uh, that is absolutely mind-numbing. I mean, thirty percent, even if they even if their if their forecasts are wrong by half, you still get fifteen percent here and more. Um, that's main. If that's your, you could you could own the stocks for that because even with the volatility, you probably still end up on on the plus side, mm. but. Um, um, not my, not my, not my kind of cup. Yep. Okay. Interesting. You, you, you take long term. You're saying it's going to go out of fashion. I think that's underestimated. It's, it's going to be legislated, legislated out of existence. <laughs> oh, you think? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's down that's the track. True. Yeah. Henry, Coronado. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I am uh, contrary to popular belief and contrary, I guess, to Rudy's uh, belief. I'm not a massive fan of this one. Um, it has had some downgrades, it has had some downgrades to production, it has also had upgrades to in terms of costs as well. It's run pretty hard, it's doubled in a year. Um, you know, if you haven't been in the resource space, especially in uh, those resources geared to energy, 
and those resources geared towards lithium or battery materials, you have missed out big time. You've been faffing around in a bunch of other stocks uh, that really haven't done much, whereas Coronado has doubled. I'm not sure it's going to double from here. As Rudy says, uh, we do have a big, big yield for this one, but it is because there is a special dividend that the company is paying, which does bump up that. Special is something that doesn't always happen. So you can't rely on that uh, dividend yield. And if you could get a 30% dividend yield day in, day out, there would be something, I guess, significantly wrong with company uh, you're starting to question it a little bit you might be in crypto land so I think this one for me is probably a weak sell at the moment take some profits on it perhaps I think the whole sectors run really really hard in the coal space we're not going to give coal up anytime in the future the, the politicians have basically realized that the energy security does trump energy greenification so uh, I think this one is um, is probably a weak sell. Just takes profits. It's had a good run, and uh, that Peabody walking away is probably a small negative. Coal prices have done well, but the yield is um, is based on that special dividend. So no reason to be there. I think. Okay. All right. Let's get into financials now, and the biggest bank, um, CBA, and uh, Vaughan wanting to know about this. It uh, recent first quarter update, two uh, percent growth in cash earnings. Um, that was uh, sort of short of market expectations. And Henry, you take a look at the share price. I mean, it's pretty close to its um, all-time high at the moment. It is. I, I, I don't, I'm interested to see what Rudy thinks of this one because he's shies away from stocks that are volatile, and you can't get much more volatile in some respects than CBA, which has been eighty-seven bucks and one hundred and five bucks this this recent past, I mean, in the last six months. So it has been quite a volatile situation. It is trading near its all-time high, I've got to say. And the, the banks as a whole, the big four, they make $28 billion in profit collectively. That is a huge, huge number. The recent update from Commonwealth Bank was a smidgling underwhelming. The banks are in the sweet spot at the moment. Interest rates are rising and they are passing on those rates to their borrowers, but they're not passing on those rates to their depositors quite as quickly. And as a result, we are seeing that net interest rate margin increase, which is good for them, not so good for the borrowers, of course. I think you should be probably just lightening the load a little bit in Commonwealth Bank, I have to say. But the problem is that it's another one of these stocks. It's so big. It's, it is you know it is the market to some extent. It's like BHP at 11%. Commonwealth Bank is such a massive part, as are the financials on the ASX 200, that uh, you know, if, if you like the market, the chances are Commonwealth Bank's going to keep trundling higher. But I would be tempted to take some profits here. It's, it's close to all-time highs. The results were a little underperforming. We did see a little bit of uh, downgrading coming through from some brokers. So take profits for me. All right. So, Henry, if you're investing in the index, of course, you won't be able to avoid uh, a, a stock such as Commonwealth. But uh, I know you like Macquarie, but of the big four, uh, what's your preference? I have a very simple formula, Andrew, I have to say. If you bank with Westpac, buy Westpac shares. If you bank with ANZ, buy ANZ shares. Ultimately, they're all kind of much for muchness. There may be a lag. Uh, Commonwealth Bank clearly is the number one in terms of investors. Mine, NAB's number two. And then ANZ and Westpac are kind of third equal. But uh, one way to get your own back on that 28 billion in profits is that uh, you are going to get those dividends back as a shareholder. So that's not a bad place, I think, to start with. If you bank with a bank, 
by the shares of that bank. But otherwise, it's probably CBA, NABs, ANZ, Westpac tied for third. Yep. Invest in something that you use. Rudy? It's about time I start banking with Macquarie. <laughs> Which is possible. You mean you don't? <laughs> you haven't followed the adverts? Anyway, uh, there's, there's, there's a few things to, that easily can be added. First of all, Henry has already hinted at it. I mean, uh, this is the number two in the, in the index. It's about half the size of the number one. Uh, if you add number three to it, we're, we're talking 20% of the index. I mean, so it's, it's, it's highly concentrated in Australia. Um, the other thing is, people in general, and, and that also includes analysts who cover this sector, they always have a difficulty in what to do with Commonwealth Bank. And the reason for that is that Commonwealth Bank always trades at a premium. And so it's always expensive, I mean, in one way or another. And, um, but if you do the numbers, and you do the numbers over, over time, then Commonwealth Bank is simply the outperformer in the index, uh, and, and the outperformer in the sector. I mean, it just performs better. It offers you the lowest yield, premium valuation, and performs better. The only situation wherein that is not the case, if we go through a, through a GFC, where the whole sector basically is, is, is out of fashion, and then Commonwealth Bank has to fall more because it has a premium valuation. In all other situations, this is the bank you want to own. Now, do you want to own CBA close to its all-time high? Probably not. And I think the banks in general, what has happened is the market is, has been very quick in pricing in the benefits now from rising interest rates. But we all know that the, the, the drawbacks of rising interest rates will be next year. So I think uh, it's probably fair to assume that share prices will be, will be lower next year. The good thing is, these guys are very unlikely to cut their dividends. And I'm assuming that most shareholders own their shares for the dividends. So the dividends will, at the very least, stay stable. And for some of them, like, uh, like a Westpac, for example, because they had to cut so much more in previous years, they might have a little bit more upside. But um, maybe one last observation here. Uh, UBS uh, recently selected their 10 stocks for the decade ahead. They chose CBA, not one of the other banks, probably for the same reason as my research has. Uh, and probably has BHP too. And they yeah. did BHP yeah. as well, yes. <laughs> right. yeah. um, so there yeah. is a, there is a yeah. I mean, they didn't pick Arafura. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So no, I basically, listen, hold it for the dividend, but don't start chasing it here and really don't buy it for any other reasons. Okay. And don't hold it for any other reasons either. All right. Okay, there's our assessment of Australia's biggest bank. Let's uh, move on now into ResMed and Philip wanting to know about this. Did uh, had first quarter update? Did it fell short of expectations? There, five um, percent increase in revenue. Uh, that's all based off its uh, demand for its sleep and respiratory care uh, devices. Um, so, Rudy, how do you see ResMed? Of course, it had its problems during COVID. Is now through that, and yeah. where do you see well, the growth at the moment? Just, yes, it, it's basically. I, mean, I, I call it one of the obvious reopening trades in the in the healthcare sector. I mean, some people don't like it, and 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 one of the, one of one of the three of us is not in the room, but he's present. Um, I like it a lot. I, I it's it's the number two healthcare stock in Australia. It's a global leader. It it um, it's increasing its market share. It's increasing its well at the moment. Uh, the, the, the margins are a little bit not where they can be because we still have that uh, reopening lag and, 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 and supply chain problems and all of that. But 
Um, if you take a longer term view, this is pretty much a company that grows at double digits uh, on average year in, year out. Um, if you share my view that next year will be a little bit uh, tougher on the economic side of things, this company will grow double digits irrespective of a recession in the United States. Um, so this is the type of company you want to have in your portfolio. Should you chase it here? It's, it's unchanged for the year, more or less. Um, so the market is sort of like um, balancing it out. I'm definitely holding it here. Mm. I would buy on the weakness. Uh, whenever, whenever the share price goes lower from here, uh, just buy it and hold it. Right. And, and I mean, I'm holding, I've been holding for years. Uh, no intention of, of selling whatsoever. And, and it's your favorite stock in that sector? No, that's CSL. Okay, All right. <laughs> well, once again, which is hard to avoid. Yeah. Well, you don't have to own CSL, but yes, it's number three in the index. Yeah. And you should own CSL, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Henry, Resmed. Nah. Nah. The told myth. You, told you. The, the man, the myth. Let's face it, you know, Resmed's gone nowhere. Uh, for the whole year. They've had the massive, massive tailwind and that Philips have imploded with the foam issue that they've had. Um, I, I really, you know, I, I don't agree with Rudy. I don't agree with CSL either, I've got to say. Uh, again, it's another one that's just been sort of sideways. The, um, the problem with ResMed is that it is geared to the economic cycle. And if we do see a recession in the US, people won't be ponying up 1500 bucks to get their... Uh, new AirSense 11 machine. Not only that, we did see mask sales falling away. The same will happen in Europe as well if we do see a recession there. And uh, they're, it is, they're not cheapest things in the world. They make a big thing about the whole app. Now, I've got to say, the app is just pretty much pointless, to be honest. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's overblowing the technology involved, which basically blows air up your nose, which is, is what it does. Um, I don't really like this one at these kind of prices. It's just going to trundle sideways. Everybody loves it. It's the great Australian success story like CSL. You know, I have issues with CSL. They've just changed the whole complexion of the company by buying Vifor. It's a company making or company changing decision. Uh, and I think that's yet to play out. So for me, ResMed is a hold at best, very unexciting. I think uh, at the end of the year, when Rudy and I sit down for a glass of red, in the end of 2023, I suspect that Ira Fura will have done a lot better than Resmed. <laughs> we shall see. All right, well, I'll do that one. But Henry, um, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but the longer term growth, do you not see it there? Given respiratory issues are, are clearly increasing, in particular sleep apnea. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But also competition is increasing. You know, you can buy a Fisher and Paykel machine. You can buy a Philips machine if you want to risk the foam issue. There are others out there. And do you know what as well? They all cost the same amount of money. If you go to a CPAP machine shop and you look at the machines, apart from the fact they're always on special, they try and flog you the mask. It's a bit like the printer business. The masks come free, but you need to replace them and all the other bits. Um, I'm speaking from experience here, I have to say, Andrew and Rudy, because I have an AirSense 11 and I use it and it's fantastic. But they all cost the same. It's a great machine, but they all cost the same. And I could have bought a Philips machine. I could have bought a Fisher and Piper machine. Fifteen hundred bucks covers it. The masks you can buy on eBay for, you know, two thirds the price that you can from ResMed. I just don't think this has got the defensive nature 
I know it's a big opportunity, yep. but people, if they're going to be diagnosed with this stuff, uh, if, with sleep apnea, etc., and snoring issues, then when the times are tough and you're finding money for your mortgage, are you really going to find money for your new sleep machine mm. or your new mask? Yep. I don't think so. All right. So invest in something you use, except ResMed. We'll take it from you, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, some, sometimes the product's great, yeah. but the company can be not so great. Fair enough. All right. Okay. So that's the assessment of ResMed to, uh, well, very differing opinions there. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, sorry. So, Henry, if you do hold the stock, then well, you're saying a no on it, but if you're holding it, do you hold on? It's, uh, if, if you're holding it, you're not going to come to much harm, but it's going to yeah. bobble around between the range. You know, okay. You can, well, better to deploy right. your has, money elsewhere. Okay. Has a shocker, you know. You can buy it on the on the dip, and you can sell it on the bounce. Yep. they're not numbers on doors, Andrew. Okay, all right. Okay, let's move on to our fifth stock. That is uh, Jervis Global. It is in cobalt and nickel. Uh, it's got a bit of a portfolio. What in Finland, USA, Brazil, and uh, in fact, well, I think it's recently announced an equity raising uh, to restart nickel and cobalt refinery in Brazil. Uh, Henry, give us the lowdown. Yeah. There's a lot of frequent flyer points being racked up by somebody flying around from all those projects. Uh, I was actually speaking to a mining company yesterday that has projects in South America, and flying out of Perth to South America costs a fortune. Same would uh, apply to Finland. I'm sure they don't fly economy either. Um, I'm not sure I like this one, I have to say. It, uh, it has sunk big time on the back of this uh, capital raise they did at 42 cents. So they raised uh, 231 million. It was fully underwritten. I think this is going to weigh on the stock for a little while. Uh, cobalt obviously is one of those um, one of those commodities that we kind of love to hate. It's part of the EV story, but a lot of it comes out of the Democratic Republic of Congo with issues attached. I'm just not sure this is where I would like to be. They did get good support from their key shareholders, which is Aussie Super and. Uh, Mercuria, but um, yeah, I think it's just going to have to work through some of the issues with the overhang from this capital raise, and um, yeah, Finland is a long way from home. Yep. Um, so Henry, if if you do an exposure in battery metals, but not lithium, perhaps not nickel, if say cobalt, is there anywhere else you'd look? Not really. Um, Cobalt's a bit of a tricky one. Uh, there's one out at Broken Hill, uh, Cobalt Blue, C-O-B, uh, which is uh, one that has been uh, ramping up. But, but you know, the, the problem with battery metals, and we've been focused very much on lithium, and we've kind of forgotten about all the other ones, the nickel, the copper, the cobalt, the manganese, etc., um, and even graphite. Graphite's had a bit of a renaissance. I, I think at the moment I would probably just continue to focus on the lithium space especially as we're seeing a bit of a pullback in it, which is always good to see. All right. Okay. Rudy, I think I know what you're going to say. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Oh. Uh, these are very small markets. I think that's, that's uh, worth pointing out. Yeah. When, you, when you get into commodities, I mean, the difference between crude oil, copper and aluminium, and then the next step into nickel, and nickel is, is a really big step. If you then move further and you come, you come into gold, silver, and then you go further, there's a really small markets, right? And 
small changes in those markets can make a really big impact on, on, uh, on the price. And I believe the price of, of cobalt, for example, this year at one stage just plunged. And it's, it's still linked to that, to that bat battery material. Um, again, something like Gerbis, it's, it's, it's a very early stage. Uh, I'm, I'm not so much fussed by the fact that they have to learn to speak uh, Finnish with their staff, but uh, it's very early <laughs> stage and, and, and every, everything that they ramp up is more than likely to go uh, over budget, delays and, yeah. and not name, nameplate capacity and stuff like that. Your, to your question, if you really want to uh, seek exposure to this particular sector, go for a producer. Mm. A producer that at the very least has, has uh, more upside from increased capacity over time instead of one that is pretty much um, trading on sentiment and yet has to prove everything that's in the prospectus. So why would you take on the risk other than short-term short -term punts? But that mean the share market doesn't necessarily have to be a punting machine. I thought you were going to surprise me. Didn't I? No. Yeah, I thought you were as well. <laughs> you said you were. Well, you it's, you were. it's called the build-up of and then, and then, oh, and unfortunately, then the and then, unfortunately, yep, fair enough. Down. All right, let's sum up where we've been for the first half of the show. <laughs> began with our stock of the day, of course, off the back of it. So, renewed bid for Oz Minerals, which it looks like, well, as Henry has says, everyone's a winner. Um, and both have a hold on BHP to our first stock, as picked by you, Arafura Rare Earth. There, a hold from uh, from Henry, uh, but he does prefer Linus in that space, uh, Rudy pointing out it's not producing. He's avoiding it, any of those stocks that are not producing in that space. Uh, Coronado in coal, uh, Met Coal in particular, no from Rudy, uh, and uh, Henry's calling it a weak sell at this point. To CBA, the biggest bank, uh, Henry saying it, it is in that sweet spot for all banks at the moment with rising interest rates as they pass that on to mortgage holders. But he's lightening it, given it's at near all-time highs, and Rudy has a hold. Uh, looking for dips. Uh, ResMed, Rudy, he likes it, a global leader. It's increasing its market share. So he has a hole on it and would buy into weakness. Henry, though, is not a fan, uh, saying uh, it's proved that you know, he has had those massive tailwinds, particularly given the recall from Phillips. It should have taken advantage of that, but didn't really. It has gone nowhere. So it's a no there from Henry. And Jervis Global there, a no from both. All right, whoa, we've lost you. Uh, let's come back while we look at the uh, our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that committee meeting is live for you to watch. Let's uh, check in, see how it's looking going into November. Incitec pivot was removed, uh, seven group was added, and mineral resources was trimmed. In fact, we're gonna be speaking about that very shortly. JB Hi-Fi and West Farmers weddings were increased. So the portfolio performance thus far up almost 7.9% on a cumulative return basis since its inception at the beginning of March. So keep sending in your requests, keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website.
All right, welcome back. Let's uh, take a look at the next five stocks. We're going to be talking about Treasury Wine Estates, New Hope Corporation, Pinnacle Investment Management, Mineral Resources and Ordera. So let's start with Treasury Wine Estate. And Albert wants you to know about this one. And uh, let's hit a 52-week high, um, which is a post-COVID high. But the big news in this space uh, is China and what's going on there, given that, well, it looks as though there's been a thawing of those relations between Australia and China following talks between Xi Jinping and Anthony Albanese. So is that going to benefit Treasury Wine, perhaps reopening that market into China? Rudy, what are your thoughts? Yes, it will be massive, potentially, uh, because that's basically what brought this, uh, this, this growth story unstuck uh, a few years ago. Um, Treasury Wine, ex- excellent products. Uh, I mean, who doesn't like penfolds, particularly when someone else is paying for Sounding it? Sounding like you're <laughs> investing in something you use, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I wouldn't chase it here because of the price. And yes, it, it is well possible that the share price is well supported here because there's I mean, plenty of room for, for speculation that, uh, that the Chinese might, might be more uh, accommodative, let's call it that way, to, uh, to Australian products, including wine. Um, having said so, um, I think this is the favorite amongst quite a large number of fund managers, I think. Uh, the expectation is that they have successfully found other markets for, for all they produced that didn't no longer go into China. Um, and if they continue that path, then I mean they have double digit growth ahead of them. And um, that's looking very good. Um, but I think the valuation here is, is, is already reflecting that. So I would, I would consider with a hold here unless of course you you take a longer term view and you go like well you know what if i get some share price weakness over the past next month or i, mm. I don't i don't care but even on that basis i would i wouldn't call the screaming buy here i, I would call the hold right but potentially buy into some weakness. Uh, if yeah. you take a long term view and they and this this story continues with or without china yeah then the share price should over the years should go a lot higher yes all right Henry, uh, have you reassessed Treasury Rewind given that the latest sort of geopolitical developments? Um, well, it's another one where you like the product <laughs> and uh, got no, no issues with the product at all, as Rudy will attest to. The, um, the, the market has been running, I guess, in the last week or so, uh, back to those 52-week highs on the back of the, the thawing of the Chinese relationship. I, I, it's only a minor thaw. They've taken us out of the freezer and popped us in the fridge, but it, it's still, you know, it's still chilly out there. The the problem, I guess, for Treasury and it's is to me is the share price. It's a little bit too high for me to get very excited because I think a lot of this has been built into the market. Also, if we're considering that the world is going to go into a recession, because that's what we keep being told that the U.S. will have a recession, that Europe will hit a recession, we will have a recession. The premium end of the market, you would imagine is going to take a smidge of a hit. Now, so far, luxury brands and luxury goods have done extraordinarily well. We have seen a bifurcation, uh, certainly in some countries, of the rich and the poor. The rich getting richer and the poor, unfortunately, getting poorer. And we have seen the luxury market continue to press ahead. And that's good for Treasury wine estates. The pivot they made away from China has also been really good for them. Um, It's probably not so easy to then say, hey, you know what, guys? All that wine we sold you at really good prices uh, when China wasn't a customer, we want that back now because we want to sell it to China because they're going to pay more. That that would upset a little bit of loyalty in those new customers. So I think they have to be careful. 
at these kind of prices for me it's a hold I'd even be thinking maybe you know uh, uh, just a smidge higher up towards 14 bucks and I'd probably start to think about uh, selling this one or, or at least trimming the sales there is the risk that premium premiumization uh, problems because of uh, a global sort of downturn which no, I don't think we're going to see that big a global downturn, but certainly in, in places in some of their markets we might, and that may have an adverse and suboptimal effect on Treasury. So here it's a hold. If it hit 14 bucks, I think I'd be selling it. Okay. All right, let's uh, get back into the coal space with New Hope. And Neil wanting to know about this one, uh, of course, really benefiting from the surging coal price we've seen over the past year, but, but that has since turned just in the past month, in fact, see that it's off close to 25% just in the past month. Um, but uh, clearly shareholders benefited uh, through the, the dividend. Henry, uh, New Hope, what are your thoughts on that one? I guess this is pretty similar to uh, to Coronado in, in many respects. It's another one with a big fat special dividend they're paying out to shareholders. These guys, Whitehaven, New Hope and, and Coronado, to some extent, have been making of like bandits in this current climate with the energy market where it is. I'm not sure I'd be um, chasing this one. I think you know there's a little bit of downside to come in this. Uh, I know there's a lot of brokers that uh, feel quite positive about this, uh, but coal prices look as if they may have peaked and we may see them slide back. And uh, the uh, the NPAT last time out was a little bit below some of the market expectations around 983 million. Uh, they did see a higher depreciation and amortization and a tax bill as well. Uh, they clearly haven't got anything to do with the money because they're giving it back to shareholders. So there's not going to be any organic growth, really. It's really a question of the coal price. And I think we may see the coal price ease and New Hope also ease back. So I'd be a, a weak seller here, I think, is the answer, Andrew. I know it's a, a pretty pitiful kind of um, thing. But if you were a holder of New Hope, you've done pretty well. You've taken the special. You've taken everything else. Uh, I think I'd be looking to lock in some profits. All right. Really? Yeah, I wasn't there in the first place, so I can't hold it. Right. <laughs> but yes, the, no, the, you can't the, hold something you've sold. <laughs> the, the dividend yield yeah. is, again, I mean, these guys are, again, churning yeah. out the cash. I mean, the dividend yield is very high. Uh, again, I can't, I can't but emphasize that while the share price did something like triple, quadruple, whatever, this year, mm. everyone with a, with a uh, trading momentum follower is in there at that point, particular point in time. That's why when, when people leave, there's no one else to keep to keep to support the share price. That's why you get easily 25% off. Um, I think the coal, I think general uh, the general sentiment uh, expressed by Henry is correct. I think the coal price, contrary to expectations, there uh, is probably go heading lower, uh, irrespective of the of the yield on offer. It never it never it never protects to the downside for for resources companies. I mean, the yield is like the, the band aid you can get on your on your on your wound. Uh, but you will still get you will still get the yield, of course. Um, but the share price will weaken probably until the last one, the last one who, want, who wants to leave has left. So uh, I wouldn't be there. I mean, not 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 my kind of dish. Not interested. We get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, move on to Pinnacle uh, Investment. It's uh, it's management. Uh, it is in that that investment management business. Uh, that actually, sort of partners with. Mm. Uh, fund managers who want to build their businesses. Uh, however, you take a look, if you've been there, you have uh, lost half your dosh in, uh, in the past 12 months, Rudy. There's your fund management business, huh? and yeah. they, they have not been the worst. 
Um, I do I do think that they are probably one of the better choices you can make in that sector, but um, but there's a there's a little bit of a there's a double up effect here. I mean, you are investing in the share market and then you are investing in a fund management business, which essentially is a leverage to the share market. So you're doubling up basically. Um, for that reason, I'm normally not a big fan myself of, of investing in fund managers. Um, but if you have to choose one, uh, Pinnacle would not be would not be a bad choice. Um, an alternative, I would actually argue, would be to go into the investment platforms in Australia, and you have NetWealth and Hub Twenty Four listed, which you can you can uh, you can argue the same. Uh, I mean, double up leverage, but these guys are actually increasing their market share. Well, they're looking for economies of scale. And, and there's a bit of an exactly. M&A going so there on is, there too. So yeah. there is, there is, there is a, a better, mo- better momentum operationally over there. So I would prefer a Hub24 almost every time over any of the fund managers. Mm. And um, the problem the sector has in general, not so much Pinnacle, but the problem the sector has in general, of course, is that these markets are very difficult to navigate for them. Um, and, and you see that, I mean, constantly fund outflows, uh, underperforming the index, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then ultimately, the only thing they can come up with is uh, buying each other. Uh, because in the short term, that sort of helps you because, I mean, it, it keeps, but in, in general terms, I'm not a big fan of owning leverage of the share market, but I would make an exception for the likes of Hub24. And if you, if you really want to own a fund manager in Australia, I, I think Pinnacle is probably one of the the least bad choices. Gee, you're not putting a positive spin, but if <laughs> if you're holding it, I mean, do you continue uh, yes, holding it? Yes, if you're holding yeah. it here, you, you probably get a you get a reasonable dividend as well. Right. And 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 you from now onwards, I think you're re- unless we really go a lot lower next year with the share market. Yeah. But it will follow. It will follow. Of course, it will. It will follow general sentiment. Henry. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Pinnacle, mm. yes, interesting, interesting space at the moment. I have to say, with the Pendulum Perpetual thing and the Regal thing uh, in that space as well, uh, and of course we've got the Magellan implosion uh, that happened uh, earlier this year. That I guess Rudy's absolutely spot on. Things like Hub Twenty Four and NetWealth. The great joy of them is they don't have the key man risk that we have seen with uh, Hamish and Magellan. And to some extent as well, Kern Nielsen, who recently uh, has retired from uh, from Platinum as well. So key man risk is something you really don't want. You don't want one guy to be the, the whole fund. And you certainly don't want uh, the, the people at that fund to be walking out the door every night dissatisfied. So that's important. The good thing about this one is it's kind of a fund of funds, and it funds lots of funds, so that it spread the key man risk out. So that is good. So if you're looking at buying a, a fund manager as opposed to a, a fund platform uh, for the likes of Hub24 and NetWealth, this is certainly not a bad place to start. It has been one of the more attractive ones in terms of their business model. And Rudy's right, you know, they have got leverage to equity markets. They have got leverage generally those performance fees, which have been sadly lacking for many fund managers because they just haven't performed, uh, is, is kind of key. It, for me, this is a hold. It's probably, you know what, you'd almost go, this is a buy because they are better than the your average bear and they are better than some of their contemporaries. 
Fortescue, uh, not Fortescue, rather um, Magellan. It's got the I'm a bit dyslexic with codes. Magellan is is clearly going to struggle for uh, a little while before they get their performance back on track. So that does give these sorts of guys a little bit of a free kick. Money is leaking from them and others, and it does go into the pinnacle players. So I I probably have a weak buy on this one to be honest, Andrew. And it is geared to the equity market, but I think Rudy's right. Hub 24 and net wealth. At least you don't have that. Um, it's a platform rather than a fund manager. All right. That is Pinnacle Investment Management. Let's get back into the resources space with uh, mineral resources. And in fact, uh, just uh, earlier today, uh, Chris Ellison uh, from, uh, from MinRes uh, pretty much ruling out a lithium demerger and uh, saying they want to, he wants to retain the lithium business uh, along with its interests in um, mining, contracting, iron ore, and, and its emerging energy division, which is interesting because it's also this bit of a power play, a tussle going on in the Perth Basin in regards to gas, which um, Minres want to get into. Um, Henry, how are you seeing this? Well, these guys have got uh, the t- two key commodities covered, haven't they? Iron ore and lithium, and Chris Ellison is a class act, I have to say. This one has been quite volatile and has rallied. You know, it wasn't long ago. It was only back in sort of uh, July that it was $45. And here we are, nearly double that. It has been a massive success story. And Andrew, we, I have to say, we had a bit of an argument and a bit of discussion about this one in the investment committee because mm. it is in the, uh, the fantasy portfolio. And uh, we w- did, in the end, decide to take some profits on this, much against one or two members. Not me. Uh, I was in the profit camp. But um, it has been a, a massive success story. Chris Ellison is a is an absolute winner. This is kind of like a baby BHP, but it's got the lithium as well. I, I like this one. I have to say, there's there's nothing wrong with it. I guess that the only thing wrong with it is the share price because it's just run so so hard. I'd love to see this back to seventy bucks. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen before the end of the year. It's definitely a hold. And if it got back to seventy bucks, back the truck up. Fill your Santa sack, get Rudolph charged up because this that would be uh, an extraordinarily good time to be buying it. So um, yeah, back the truck up at seventy bucks. Could get to a hundred this year. Got it's got that kind of feel to it. I have to say. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Back the truck up and Santa's waiting there for you with the prezies. Um, so Rudy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, such a shame that both Heinrich and I can't put a buy on it, huh? But it already is in the, in the portfolio, well, that's right. of course. You don't need right? to have so that we don't, consideration. We don't, we don't need that's to. not really. So, so you can be selfish I, about it, I, right? Yeah, you know, I, I, am, I am as positive as, as, as is Henry. I, I, I do think there's two problems here. One is the share price has run up incredibly hard, um, which also puts question of why was it uh, below $50 in the first place. Um, that's market sentiment there right in front of you. And the other thing, which obviously is, is, is still, we, we will have recessions next year. Um, and China is, 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 we're still hoping that China will reverse course in March, but um, will they? And will that have a big influx? So those two question marks I have, I think this, for those reasons, I, I wouldn't chase it here. So I would make it a, a hold at best. But I, I, I share um, uh, sentiment expressed by, by Henry. Um, at some stage, when we go through these recessions next year, at some stage, these share prices will, will, will regain favor with buyers who start looking beyond the recession and potentially in the recovery of, of, of iron ore prices, etc. And um, 
if we if we stay away from recessions and from uh, big downturns in the Chinese property market, then uh, this these companies should do exceptionally well. All right. So not without risk, but the by far, by far, uh, probably the highest quality. Yeah. So if, it, if it, as uh, Henry mentioned, if it actually that, that share price came back, yes, um, you, you would look to buy. Well, not personally, but I, because I, I, well, I, I don't buy resources, but I don't buy resources stocks. Yeah. But yes, I, I think if you if you wanna if you wanna add resources stocks, this would be this should be on your list. All right. Okay. Let's uh, round it out. Our final stock is uh, or dear, it's uh, Specky Tech. Really, um, it is a hearing health tech company. Um, did sign a reseller agreement with Specsavers, getting in uh, to that network of stores of about uh, well more than 230 stores uh, nationwide. Also, a, a global distribution agreement with uh, Amplifon, uh, which is I gather the world's largest audio audiology retailer. Uh, so it's actually into 25 countries there. So that's a positive. And uh, Rudy, interesting. I just I was looking at a study yesterday. In fact, that. Uh, all those teens out there with their yes. earbuds in are yes. losing their hearing, potentially. <laughs> yes. Um, see where the market's going yeah, as far yeah, as Odira yes, is concerned yes. to actually improve our hearing as we're losing yeah. it. We are, we, like, very simplistic terms. Very small, not profitable, mm. and yes, always promising stories and promising technology because why otherwise would they exist? Um, my philosophy with these, and I, and I am a little bit, I am, aware of Odera and, and, uh, and its business. My philosophy is very simple. If it's, if it's really a great business in the making, um, you don't have to be there right now. I mean, um, to, to use the example of, of, of the stock that Henry absolutely doesn't like, over the past two decades, you could have bought ResMed shares almost in every single year after the initial phase and you would have done well. Mm. Yeah? But the risk is with these companies that you buy in very early and then two or three years down the track, they go bankrupt or they don't do anything and, the, and, and there's your, your ex experience. You don't have to be there in, in the early stage. Right? If it's a really a long-term success story, that share price will, at some stage, will just grow and grow and grow. And, but you can, you can enter the register at a much lower risk profile. And that's, that's my point. At this point in time, I mean, I don't know exactly what the, what the market cap is, but I'm assuming it's something that the CEO of CSL spends casually every month on a lunch. Yeah? And that's way it's too it's small. It's way too small for me. Right? And, and I, would, I would argue that it's way too small for the majority of us. Mm. Okay, so you avoid be patient. as a result. Be patient. Follow the story yeah. and be patient and see how they develop. All right, play it by ear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. No, no, you heard right. what he did. Henry, over to you. I had all my puns ready as well, Andrew. Yeah. This stock's falling on deaf ears, that uh, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would, uh, I would say, completely and utterly avoid this one, like the proverbial. It's a six million dollar market cap. It must CSL must spend more on biscuits in the canteen than this one is actually on a market cap. The, pro the products they produce are quite high price, and of course they try and pretend that, uh, or they don't pretend, but they talk about them being a sort of a hearing aid, um, sort of substitute at a much lower price, much like Nuhira. Um, I've got, I, I had some Nuhira um, earbuds. If they want to replace the ones that have broken recently, knock yourselves out, guys. Um, they worked very well, but they were very, very expensive. 
this one, one doesn't even trade. You know, it's yeah. um, it trades once a day if it's lucky. Six million dollar market cap. Yeah, no. If you want to, if you want to, if you know something about it, great, go for it. But you know what? There's two and a half thousand stocks odd out there that are probably better than this one. All right. So very specky, but as you say, there are other places to be specky. All right. Let's round it out. The last five stocks. There we began with Treasury Wine. Um, it is uh, at a 52 week high there, and obviously the story most recently is about the thawing of relations between. Australia and China with potentially that uh, reopening that market there. Uh, both have a hold on it, um, saying it is really too expensive. Potentially trim, says Henry. Uh, New Hope in the coal space. Uh, Henry's not chasing it. A weak sell. A, a Rudy mentions the dividend, but essentially a no from him. Pinnacle Investment. Uh, a hold there from Rudy. He does prefer those uh, online platforms such as Hub24 and NetWealth. And uh, similarly also from Henry, he's got a hold on it, perhaps a weak buy. Uh, mineral resources and uh, Henry has a whole they say buy into weakness so definitely likes the stock though but say it, it says it has run hard which uh, Rudy agrees with but then let's face it Rudy doesn't like resources at all so he's not there but he is positive on this stock he would have a hold on it and Ordira well you just heard it uh, but too small both avoiding it all right that is our show for today and uh, let's thank our guests. Rudy, thanks for joining us from FN Arena. Oh, the pleasure was mutual. Yes, always a pleasure. And Henry, thanks for joining us from Marcus today. The pleasure was mine as opposed to mutual. I don't know if it can be mutual. <laughs> All right. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email the call at ausbiz.com.au. You can tweet us at TV. And remember, you can find those stocks in the course portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Coming up on the small caps, we'll be speaking uh, uranium with uh, Lawrence Gregg from Pack Partners. Stay with us.